Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. How are you doing today? Thanks for being here. We appreciate having you every time that you join us to help you live as a thriving entrepreneur. You know, a lot of our listening audience uh, we've known from the beginning is women. And there are some things that, uh, you know, women deal with that I don't think they get the credit for. Uh, I appreciate so much uh, Oprah Winfrey back, oh man, it's been probably 20 years ago when she did her first show that talked about how much work it is to be a mom. You know, a lot of times uh, there's phrases like, she's just a mom, or the one I hate the most is, she doesn't even work, she's just a stay-at-home mom, or she doesn't have a job. Have you ever heard those kind of things? Man, talk about insulting, but uh, for those of you who have raised children, uh, you know that that's beyond a full-time job. It's a 24-7, all-of-your-life kind of thing. It would be nice if there was a time when, as a mom, you know, you got the kids to... Uh, school and then the school could take care of them or you get them to the point where they're a teenager and they can drive and they can now tote themselves around or you know maybe it's the okay they've graduated or maybe it's the they finally have moved out on their own and yet at each of those stages what a mom discovers is that it's just another thing another transition for the lifelong job of being mom. And it probably also is the least appreciated, least rewarded job that's out there. You know, we have Mother's Day, and I think a lot of times people are really good at honoring mom on Mother's Day. Um, And then a smaller group of people are good about remembering their mom's birthday. Uh, And then there's the rest of the world. And and mom is just, she's there. She's dependable. She's reliable. Um, But behind, beyond that veil of the title that is mom is a viable, wonderful, active, amazing woman. Um, I hope all of you... Uh, that our men that are listening have the blessing to have an amazing woman in your life like I do and my wife, Kathy. Um, You know, there's just nothing like it. And there's so many statements about, you know, the woman is the neck that turns the head and behind every good man is a great woman and all those kind of things. And, And I think sometimes those get used out of context because I think that attaching how amazing a woman is to the man that they happen to be with is really in some ways very diminishing to 
how powerful she is as a person existing on the planet. And um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just take time out to both thank my own mother as well as all of the other mothers that are out there that are getting it done. You know, it's a, it's a thankless job. It's tough. And, um, you know, you don't do it for the rewards. I know that. I know that you are not sitting around waiting, counting the days until it's going to be Mother's Day again. And then somebody will remember what a great mother I am. Uh, you just do it with grace and ease. Um, and for some of you, you aren't moms. And that's okay. This is not a, a judgment against the life choices you've made. Because you too show up powerfully in the world. Um, I heard, and it's been many years ago now, but, and I've heard it repeated since, that the Dalai Lama talked about how the women in the Western world were going to change the world. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of truth behind that. I uh, have teased many times that I think sometimes the world would be a better place if we, uh, in if we actually just took Akasha's advice and uh, and transitioned the world to that. Now, for those of you who don't know who Akasha is, um, Anne Rice has a series uh, of books, and uh, one of them is Queen of the Damned. It's a continuation of the story uh, that starts in the Vampire Lestat and then goes on. And, and Akasha's idea is that uh, men should be kept only for their ability to be able to continue um, as breeding stocks, really. <laughs> um, and that women should rule the world, that, you know, all wars and everything from her thousands of years of listening to chaos, all of those are started by men. And um, and although I think that's too extreme, I, I do sometimes tease that, you know, maybe the world would be a better place uh, if we, you know, just took her advice. The point being is... Not that Anne Rice's books are great, although they are, um, it, but it really has to do with celebrating the power of a female. And I really wanted to take this whole episode, because of the two best-selling authors that I'm going to present to you today, and really celebrate the feminine, celebrate the amazing part of the world that you are, the completion the fulfillment of so much you know for those of you like me that have a church background um you know you see early on in the bible that god looks down on creation and he says you know it's just not right for man to be alone and he makes for him a help meet you know that person that he can spend his life with that partner and, and I really, truly do believe that that is and always was the intention of the marriage relationship is for two people as equals to handle the parts of the relationship that are theirs. And in every relationship, that's going to be different, you know. Um, and, and I'm not here to define for you your relationship, but just simply to celebrate the feminine, the power that is in that. And I, part of the reason why I bring that up is because often I think society, especially these days, uh, tells women that in order for them to be powerful in the world, 
they have to show up in a masculine form. They have to um, emasculate themselves, as it were, uh, to be able to, um, you know, make it in corporate, to be a strong, powerful businesswoman, to run a household as a CEO, as opposed to uh, some kind of archaic servant type of position that is never, in my opinion, what what a wife's place ever was. And whatever those roles and others that I didn't possibly mention that you find yourself as a woman in, I celebrate you. We thank you for all that you do in the world. And I want you to know as you're listening today that you are needed. You are powerful. You are impactful. The world is a better place when you show up in the fullness of who you are, not your best impression of how men make it in the corporate world or not your best impression of, you know, Joan Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver, uh, but just simply the woman that you are fulfilling the roles and responsibilities that you have, both by choice as well as sometimes by the choices that uh, come from the choices we make. Um, you know, that you show up. I think of so many times when, uh, you know, a mom, who's the perfect example, and, and the same applies in like a corporate setting, you know, but a mom will be in a household where everybody's sick, including her. And while everybody else is laying in bed, ringing a bell for mom to bring them, you know, some seven, warm 7-Up seven or whatever the, you know, thing that moms bring, you know, that they're going to demand of her. Um, mom's just as sick, but yet she's up running around the house. And I think a lot of times I've seen the same kind of dynamic play out in, uh, in businesses where, um, you know, the lady is showing up and she is putting in her all while the old boys club, uh, you know, seems to get ahead. And I just, I encourage you that there is a place that only you can fulfill. And to give yourself permission in the space that you're at to show up as the amazing person you are. Because with that, you will show the world the power that comes from being 100% oneself. So that's not my way of defining for you how you show up, but simply just to encourage you that your place in the world is important, it's necessary, and that it, especially in the days when you don't feel seen, when you feel overlooked, when you feel like maybe even being a female has been, uh, you know, one of the things you've had to struggle against in order to succeed. I want you to know that we see you, that we know how powerful and wonderful you are. And I'm here today on behalf of all of the men, both now and all throughout of all of time, to tell you thank you. Thank you for the place that you've held down. We have two amazing best-selling authors, and their books are both very same in the empowerment 
that they bring to a female as well as very different. And I love the combination of how these two are going to come together today. I really look forward to not only presenting these best-selling authors to you, but really helping you see how often the most insignificant of actions that you take in life can have the hugest and largest impacts and how you can reach a place in life where you give yourself the simple permission, and I say simple, although I realize how difficult it can be, to simply show up in the world as the best version of yourself. If you can do that, when you do that, I know that the world is going to be a better place. And again, I just want to say, before we get into the show, before we start talking to these authors today, I want to say thank you to you for all that you've done, for who you are, and for what you do in this world to help us all live as thriving entrepreneurs. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we celebrate women, as we celebrate the places that only they can hold down and that they do so well. I hope that as you listen to these best-selling authors that we present to you today, that you will find your voice, your power, your encouragement, and know how significant your place is just being you. A hug. One of the easiest, most powerful, and yet often discounted things that can happen in life. And yet, what if I were to tell you that a hug could literally save your life? Well, today I'm joined with international best-selling author, Lynn Alston, and she's going to talk to us about her book by that title, A Hug Saved My Life. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm well, Steve. How about yourself today? I'm doing good. So, you know, I've gotten the advantage of being behind the scenes here, but tell us a little bit about you and especially the story of the hug that saved your life. Wow, I would be glad to. Um, So, as you stated, a hug literally saved my life. Um, I received a hug from one of my mentees that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And she hugged me, um, you know, just 
excited to see me and her hug was so forceful that it shifted um, the golf size lump that was hiding in my breast to the top of my breast where I was able to see it um, with the naked eye later that evening. And um, after going through several appointments and mammograms and biopsies, it was, I was diagnosed um, as having triple negative stage three breast cancer. And if it had not been for the hug, I would not have um, had that diagnosis. Um, so that's where the name came about, the hug that saved my life. And um, the young lady who hugged me is named Jessica. And I've been on a mission ever since the diagnosis. And, um, you know, I had a lumpectomy. I had to go through uh, multiple rounds, actually eight rounds of chemo. Um, and after the chemo, I had to go through um, six weeks of daily radiation um, through that process um, to save my life. And the blessing is after I'd gone through um, what I call the cancer journey, um, I learned so much. Um, and the most important thing I learned that just broke my heart was the percentage of uh, women of color who was dying um, at a 40% higher rate of um, other groups of women of curable cancer. And so um, I prayed that I would be saved. Um, and if I was, that I would go back and um, share my story to uh, decrease that number of women who are dying of curable cancer just by sharing my story. And that's what I've been doing since, um, since I uh, finished that my treatment um, program. So what is triple negative stage three breast cancer? Can you put that in layman's terms to us? I sure can. So triple negative, um, you have three hormones that you can have. And one is the HER2 receptor. Um, and then you have the progesterone receptor and then hormone receptor. And so if you are negative with all of those different receptors, which is not included in your cancer diagnosis, then they call that triple negative. And triple negative is one of the most aggressive cancers. Um, for instance, if your cancer was due to hormonal or hormones, then they can address that cancer by addressing that hormone. But because you're negative for that hormone, 
they just need to address the cancer and try to attack it the best way that modern medicine has allowed um, the doctors to address that triple negative. Um, and so one of, once again, once of, once, one of the most aggressive breast cancer, and it is um, a lot of women of color, if they're diagnosed with breast cancer, lean heavily towards that triple negative um, diagnosis. It'll be fun to get you onto a show with, I don't know, maybe like Dr. Dre or somebody like that. Dr. Dre on Birch, not Dr. Dre the rapper. I mean, that would oh. be fun too, but. Um, <laughs> I was like, where is we going with this? <laughs> For those of you that have listened to this show, one of our other uh, best-selling authors, Dr. Dre on Birch. Um, you know, and find out, uh, you know, a little bit about why it is that that's, more common in African-American women than it is, uh, you know, in other races, um, you know, that would be interesting. But since neither of us is a medical doctor, we won't go down the medical doctor path. Good, <laughs> good. I, I don't have those answers. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I know stage four is basically, you know, there isn't, you're gonna, your life is gonna end. Um, yes. What is, I guess I'm not really clear what stage one, two, and three is though. Can you give sure. us a basic understanding of that? Absolutely. And so my understanding, um, when I ask those same questions, um, the stages are the size of the actual tumor. And so, um, you said something about stage four and so stage four you know, it's very aggressive. Um, sometimes it has um, metastasized to other parts of your body um, or it's in your lymph nodes. And so my stage three was the size of the actual tumor that was in my breast, which was somewhere around the size of a golf ball. Um, the blessing was that it had not spread um, through my lymph nodes, it was just concentrated within that, that parameter in that golf size um, lump. And so when they went in to have the lumpectomy, they removed that lump um, and they measured it. And so that's where the stages come with the stage three, stage one, um, stage two, and then stage three. And, and of course, the stage four, um, which is, um, you know, very serious and um, life-threatening. And so the blessing was as soon as they went in and removed the lump, I was actually um, cancer-free, but because of the aggressive cancer diagnosis, um, the treatment plan to um, prolong life and to um, to ensure or try to ensure that the cancer does not return, that's where the treatment plan comes in with the eight rounds of chemo and the six weeks of radiation. Um, and so uh, the goal is to prevent a reoccurrence of um, that particular cancer. And, you know, they say within the five years, um, prayerfully, nothing will reoccur, but they, they give it that five 
year mark and that's why i have to be you know um on point with what i'm eating and touching base with the doctor and having my annual mammograms and my other annual screenings um just to to make sure that i don't have reoccurrence and um and so now that i know um, certain things. I've changed certain eating behaviors and um, different things like that to um, prevent a reoccurrence and to um, live a healthy life beyond cancer as a survivor. Yeah, absolutely. I bet you you're a big hugger now too. Oh my goodness, Steve. I was a hugger before I had this diagnosis. Now I am a mushed monster to the 10th power. I hug absolute strangers. And you know, a hug can come in so many different forms. It's that physical hug, but sometimes it's just a smile. It's just a warm um, look. Um, it's a nodding of a head that um, is can be in a form of a hug. Um, and so, you know, you don't know um, who this person is in your life um, that, you'll, that you're seeing, and you don't know the importance of it. And I say, now you have to treat everyone as if they are your hugger. You know, you, you have to treat people with kindness and love um, and respect because you never know, they may very well be your hugger. And the fact that Jessica, um, that young lady, you know, we had developed a relationship of friendship and respect over the years and that she had permission to give me that strong embrace, to give me that hug. Um, and she wanted to greet me with warmth and love. And so um, I am intentional about how I treat everyone that I encounter and that cross my path because you never know one day they may very well be a hugger or my hugger. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I like the direction you took that too, because, um, you know, in your particular case, it was a very specific medical situation that the hug brought out in you. But, you know, a lot of people are walking around with things that are emotional or, you know, not as easy to pop to the surface that they probably really do need a hug to bring to the surface of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You never know how one might what they're going through and just a warm hello um, can make a difference, can make all the difference in the world. And um, we just have to be a little nicer, take time out um, for one another, just to let them know that I see you, you are, you, you are, you matter. You know, it's just about you matter. Um, and sometimes just a warm smile can do that for a person and can make their day and, and, and make a difference in their life. And so um, I've been blessed with another chance. Um, and so I, I take full advantage of it. And I am committed to making a difference in the healthcare world and just in every aspect of my life, trying to make a difference. My, my prayer is that um, my presence, by you being in my presence, 
that um, I've left you better than when I, than, than, than when I, I'm getting tongue tied, but when I met you, that you walked away a little better um, um, than when you entered the room. And so I'm intentional about just making a difference however I can. Imagine living in a world, and of course it's in our power to make this world, um, where everybody tried to leave a room in a better condition than what it was when they walked into it. And I'm not talking about, you know, breaking out the vacuum and cleaning. No, no, not that. The people in the room. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you imagine that? I, I pray for that um, on a daily basis. If we can just make a difference, just make a difference um, in, in, our, in our lives, in, in our in our environment, in our atmosphere that we're in. And so um, I think we can do that one hug at a time. I think we can do it one smile at a time. I think we, I think it can happen if we are intentional about doing it. And so um, as long as I'm here, as long as I have breath in my body, I will continue to push that. Um, and, you know, that conversation of, hugging one another and making a difference. So what does it mean to you? I mean, the subtitle of your book is My Journey to Live. Um, now having come through that, what does living mean to you now as opposed to potentially before? Wow, that's such an awesome question. Um, and so to live is to live without fear. Um, if it's something that you want to do, that you have a desire to do, um, then you find a way to make it happen because we only get a, to do this thing called life once. And even if you fail, you continue to move forward or you continue to fail forward until you get it right. Um, but um, not living, um, I believe, is what I was doing some of the time um, or most of the time of my life because I was afraid to try certain things. And so when you come out of fighting for your life and you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have your health, there's nothing that you can do about that. And you are literally putting your hand, your life in someone else's hands, the doctors to help you get better. And so I, I walked away with um, my journey to live is to do just that. I'm going to live to the fullest. I'm going to do whatever it is that I want to do um, while I still have breath in my body. And so that's where the book came along. And, and so I, I stepped out of my fear of public speaking. And so if I'm asked to go and share my message to a group of women, um, then I'm going to do it. And it's um, being transparent, which was fearful um, um, for being judged. And so now I don't care. I'm going to share my story. And if you can walk away being enlightened um, and empowered by the story, then yay, I've done my job and I, I'm, I'm living my purpose. Um, but it's living without fear. 
failing forward and you keep trying, you dust yourself up, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep it moving and you keep trying and never stop trying. I think that is a great incentive for all of us is to really embrace living um, without fear in a way that we can impact the people we come in contact to in the world. You never know who, you know, just a big smile might be the thing they need today. I encourage you, pick up the book, A Hug Saved My Life, My Journey to Live by Lynn Alston. This is L-Y-N-N-E, Lynn, so that you spell it right when you go to Amazon. Lynn, thanks so much for spending some time with us, sharing your book and your journey with us. Well, thank you so much, Steve, for having me. Thank you. Every time I even just read the title of this book, I'm just amazed. And it's part of the reason why I wanted to make sure that the focus of what we talked about today is how significant the things that we do are that we often place as being so insignificant. It literally could be a situation where something as simple as a hug a great big hug could literally save somebody's life. And what a great way for you to show up in the world just by simply sharing love and giving people the hugs that they need. I hope that you will embrace whatever part of life is yours to hold down in this world and live to the fullest as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelp.com youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back i love my job i love being able to bring you amazing best-selling authors It's so much fun to be able to share with you people who you may or may not have ever heard of before, but that are so powerful and so amazing. And now they're best-selling books out. And now I get to be one of the first people sometimes to share them with the world. And that's so much fun. I love being able to help encourage you to share your message with the world and to provide you with inspiring people who have great insights and have now taken up the task of writing it down and sharing their brilliance with the world. I celebrate these women as they help you take the next step in your life to being the amazing 
best-selling author that you're going to be. I hope that if you haven't taken that journey yet, if you haven't stepped into it, that you really will take that first step today, even just by simply joining us at bestsellersguild.com. Let's jump into our second author interview here and hear some more empowering information provided to you to help you be the strongest, most confident woman that you can be in life. Today we want to address the topic of feminine fulfillment. And you know, that's can be such a slippery slope because um, you know, first of all, what is the definition of that? And then can you really, as a woman, put yourself first enough to find fulfillment in your own life? So as the fact that I'm not a woman, we're going to bring in an expert in this international best-selling author, Paige Parker, with her book about feminine fulfillment. Hi, Paige. How are you today? Hi, I'm so good. Thank you. Yes, this is very exciting to me. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about um, about yourself and and what how you show up in the world. Well, uh, my background is in coaching and teaching, and I've been a hairdresser for almost thirty three years now. And my clientele is women over forty. And really, um, my passion is to just really inspire the human spirit. And my one of my favorite. Um, things to talk about is what makes people happy and what makes people fulfilled. And so as a kind of a collective, I call myself the therapist. <laughs> and um, my, you know, my new title is, is author. And I put all my information and my research into, into this book to share with women what I've collected and um, just want to share it with the world. So let's start off with the definition. Um, what does the concept of feminine fulfillment even mean? Well, feminine fulfillment is um, um, about being happy inside. And what really fulfills you inside is a search and a journey. So each woman has their own recipe for feminine fulfillment. But I wrote the book in particular for women over 40 because women over 40 hit this thing that hasn't, had a name for up until I named it. For men, sometimes they can call it a midlife crisis, but for women, it's really a deep, soul-searching journey to what's next and who am I now? And the answer to that, I believe, is in your heart and soul's desire and really getting clear and really aligning with and maybe reclaiming something that you may deny it in your past or you'd really like to claim, but claiming your own fulfillment and claiming your own happiness and being able to repurpose your life to be able to have your heart and soul's desires inside your feminine fulfillment. And the answers are inside of your own heart and soul's desires and your own femininity and what that is and how empowering that is for each woman to be able to be that kind of fulfillment and putting yourself on the list and in my book I talk about being self-full and so being self-full is putting yourself on the list is putting your heart and soul's desires as the number one thing along with all the other things that are really important to us but the passion and the fulfillment and the excitement inside that is really the way to purpose or repurpose your life and getting in touch with that and I help women lead through that over 40 because I understand I'm over 40 
And um, I had to take this journey and I cracked the code and I discovered the key to living your heart and soul's desire inside your feminine fulfillment. I think it's really important too because, uh, you know, men are kind of trained to go out, be successful, uh, you know, kind of be independent. But women have all these other things that are put on them, wife, mom, you know, possibly the business stuff they're doing too. And it's so hard to really focus on themselves. So what is, it really is. what is the secret for a woman to even give herself permission to start to search for fulfillment? Oh, that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great question. Um, and I get asked that because we believe are taught in our cultural society or by our mothers or, you know, conversations that have been passed down or thoughts about being sacrificial and that it's selfish to put yourself um, first. It's selfish to, um, you know, to, to do things for yourself before you do th things for other people. Uh, but it's not. And there's a difference between selfish and being selfful. There are selfish people walking around in the world, but it isn't, it isn't people who want to make a difference in the world. It isn't people who really want to make an impact and taking care of themselves first. It's like the oxygen mask in the airplane. I always tell you, if you're with a child, put the oxygen mask on the child first and then put it on yourself because you can't help the child if you can't breathe and if you're not in good shape and you're not alive, you can't. And so what do you have to do to keep yourself alive and keep yourself in good shape is putting yourself on the list. And people also talk too a lot about putting family first. Well, you're a part of the family in family first. And so it's really a little bit disruptive in, in the way and so positive because really taking care of yourself and your inside self and your outside self is really paying attention to how can I be the best possible version of myself? And that is taking care of yourself. The whole women over 40 part of the book and, and that demographic, um, you know, there's like about a thousand questions I'd like to ask you, but um, yeah. you know, my thought is twofold. One, um, you know, do you need to be over 40 to be in a place where you really can give yourself permission for that. And two, um, you know, is there just something magical about that turning 40 as a woman that, that makes it more possible? Yes, it is. And it's also very scary. And I address that part in the book about you wake up one day and you realize, I, I'm, I have maybe half of my life left. I don't have the rest of my life left. And so we go through this thing and you can ask yourself like, what has my life been about? And maybe it's about things putting everybody else first, or I never really did what I really wanted to do. What makes my heart soul and my heart sing and, and all of those things that are heartfelt and soul and soul filled, which when we're doing our passions, when we're doing what we love, we're, you know, at the highest point of frequency with, with everything and everyone and really making an impact with people, but making an impact with ourselves as well is so important. And women, we go through this thing that I like to call end phenomenon, which we never had a name for it before. And the end phenomenon part is about, I share my story about how I had no interest in being that phenomenon that I used to be. I had, used to feel like I had to do it all, be it all, have it all. And I had to be phenomenal at it. And I call it the unspoken modern fairy tale. And it's unspoken because it's just an assumed. 
And not only are you supposed to be phenomenal at it, you only really get one chance for it. So it's this, you're supposed to have amazing marriage and an amazing family and amazing money and amazing career and be so amazing and so phenomenal. And something happens to women where we just lose interest and we don't know why. And it's not that we're not phenomenal women. That's about, you know, your internal um, self and worth and acceptance. But being a kind of phenomenon is an identity. So maybe um, if you were a stay-at-home mom and that was what you wanted to do and your kids grew up, that's an end phenomenon. If you were in a career and you were at the top of the company or you're at the top of your game and all of the things that you learn how, you know, to do and be and, and something just happens where we don't want to do it anymore. And it's a crisis in a way for us, but it's really a confusing time. And no one ever told me that this was going to happen to me. And I was just felt a little lost, a little confused inside. And I didn't know where I was going for the very first time in my life. And so I started researching and I started talking to people and interviewing women with most of my clientele is, is 40 and over and the people I know in my social circles are, are that age. And they were also feeling it. And I started to share about this. People knew that I'm writing a book and, and how my mind is, is one of my greatest character strength is how inquisitive I am. And I love to research because human behavior is my favorite topic in the whole world and human spirit. And I, um, but there's a period here that is just like a lost zone. And I call it lost in transition because it's just a transitionary period. It's nothing to be afraid of. But then there's no one to tell us what's going to happen or you're going to make it all right, girl. You are going to make it through this. Let me tell you what this is all about. And let's name it something and let's get clear on what it is so you do know where you're going. So you're not lost in transition anymore. But it's just one of those mystery things in life until now. So I thought, I have to tell everybody about this and then tell them how to get through it specifically. So if you could go back in time and you could appear to yourself on your 40th birthday, when you're dealing with all these things that you were talking about, what, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to yourself? Ooh, okay. So I'm 40 and I'm, I'm, I'm younger now. And I've gone back, like, wait, tell me again, say it again. So basically, <laughs> basically, here's the 40, you know, you're on your 40th birthday, and the you that is today, and no, we're not going to ask you how old you are, that would be rude. <laughs> Come, I love talking about All the information, okay. yeah, you know, takes all the information that you've learned since that 40th birthday, and you could sit down with her and say, okay. I know how tough today is because now you're 40 and you're thinking that your life is now over. <laughs> um, you know, what, what one piece of advice could you give to her? Ooh, I could say your, your life has just begun and work on focus on being the best possible feminine version of yourself. Be your true self. Let your light shine inside that true person that you really, really are, share that with people and do that for the rest of your life. Find out what that is. Mm, that'd be great. Great advice. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm also really, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, when I was interviewed and someone asked me why I 
wrote this book? Like, what is the reason? Why, why, why did you write this book? Why is this book so important? You have to have a really big why to write a book <laughs> because it's not going to write itself. <laughs> it takes quite a while and, and an amazing passion and commitment to doing this. And my answer is simply this, and it was straight from the heart. I want to be the women that women need. I needed someone like me to tell me. And I didn't have anyone, and I searched books, and I searched people, and, and asked, and, and no one could really tell me. And so I needed a woman like me. So I want to be the woman that women need to help guide them through this and to help you know, them with their fulfillment and their feminine fulfillment so that they can be fulfilled for the rest of their life. I like that, fulfilled for the rest of their life. Um, so let's let's give people some practical steps. Now, they have to get okay. the book in order to get everything. But yeah. um, if you were to pick your favorite today, <laughs> um, tip that you give in the book to live fulfilled the rest of your life, what would that be? Oh, uh, vulnerable is the new strong. That's a chapter in my book, and I talk about being vulnerable. And uh, another tip is finding what your superhero strengths are, because we as women, we walk around and we have unnatural strengths. And we, if you give somebody a compliment, you, you can say like, hey, what are some of the things that you admire about me? Or one of the things we talk about with women is how strong they are. They'll say, oh, gosh, she's such a strong woman. I'm sure you hear people say that all the time. And women talk like that about each other all the time. She's such a strong, strong woman, which is has a tendency to be a masculine trait, a masculine quality. And what makes us women so strong is our qualities inside. I mean, we're, we're natural at, at, at being those things um, that we can do inside. That is the strength. Our qualities is what makes us women is our strengths. And those qualities are very often vulnerable. But what I talk about in the book is being voluntarily vulnerable. So the vulnerability part is being authentic with yourself and with other people, is having that strength, having those experiences, being able to share, this is what I've been through, this is where I am, this is what I'm going, this is what I want for you, I want your hearts, you know, your dreams to come true. And to have those kinds of strengths, we have our experiences in our life that make us strong, but our true strength is in our feminine qualities as human beings as women, as empowered women. I love that. And I love the phrase empowered women because I think all too often their power, especially by the time, you know, they reach 40 has been stolen from them. You know, there's been enough, uh, you know, wife situations, mom situations that they're kind of beaten up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure, yes. Yeah, and... Also, we aren't really taught to be vulnerable. You know, it really isn't something, it can be scary for some people, but being voluntarily vulnerable is a choice. And it's a choice of being empowered inside yourself and sharing authentically. And it's one of the things that we love about the people that we're closest to. We love, we love you know, if you say like, what do you love about Sandy? I could say, God, I love her heart. She is such an, an incredible woman. Um, you know, she's so kind and I don't feel judged by her at all. I can really tell her anything. That's being vulnerable. She's being vulnerable with you and you're being vulnerable here and you have the freedom to be able to be vulnerable. And then when you want to, you know, help somebody or share or something with somebody, vulnerability is the authentic connection 
for people. You know, one of the reasons why we love Oprah. She's one of the strongest, most empowered women that we know. I mean, we can all go to Oprah as an example, but why? Because she's vulnerable. Well, we've been through all of the things with her. We've seen her struggle. We've seen her share about her struggle on TV. She'll do interviews and she'll talk about her struggles. And, and she's deep and she's authentic and she has her Super Soul Sunday now. But we fell in love with her because of her vulnerability, not because of how strong she is and nobody knows anything about her. We know the stuff and that's why we love her and her mission. Her mission is purpose-built. She had to repurpose herself, which I talk about in my book about realigning with yourself, reclaiming and repurposing your life. But she had to repurpose herself a lot and she had struggled with it, but she was vulnerable, voluntarily vulnerable and was able to share with that, which is why we're so connected to her and which is why she's been able to help so many people and being able to use that vehicle to make a difference in the world through her vulnerability. Being voluntarily vulnerable. I love it. Feminine fulfillment yes. for women over 40, the key to living your heart and soul's desire by Paige Parker. Paige, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Oh, it was, it was a blessing and a privilege for me. Thank you. I hope after hearing Paige, you feel just a little bit more empowered and that maybe you've even taken a minute and really reflected on your life to see the places that you are powerful and that you can make a difference just being yourself in the world. At the end of the day, that's all we any of us really need to do is just be the best version of ourselves to show up in the world with all that we are and bring it to the world to help all of us come together to live as thriving entrepreneurs. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Once again, thank you to all of you women out there for whatever position that you're playing in the world, for just being you, for showing up and making the world a better place. And thanks to you from all of us men out there because we know, even when we don't say it, even when we don't say it enough, we know how much better our lives are because you're in them. Thank you for being the feminine and being fully fulfilled in all that you do. Thank you for the love that you share with us that can be so life-changing. I hope that you find yourself inspired and I hope that you know how important your message is 
so that you will begin now to take the journey that so many others have and to become a best-selling author. You have a message within you. There's always people that we all look up to and it, and it becomes uh, difficult sometimes because people will be like, yeah, but I'm not so-and-so. I don't have... And, and we could all make that excuse. But what I want to encourage you is, is that although there are people that are 20, 10, 5 steps ahead of you, there are also people that are 20, 10, 5 steps behind you that are looking for the information on the things that you do. You do them every day. You do them powerfully. You show up in the world and you make a difference. And just by simply doing that, you make the world a better place. And so now is your time to take up the mantle of being the best version of yourself. And that starts by sharing what you know so far. A year from now, five years, ten years from now, you'll grow. You'll have more to share. You may even find that three to six months from now, you have another message you want to put out in the world. But what is the message you can share with the world right now? Think about that for a second. I encourage you, take step one. Join us in Best Sellers Guild. That's Best sellersguild.com it'll take you to our free Facebook group um, it's free to join there's all kinds of information in there there is so much powerful and impactful stuff in there that you could grow your business enormously just by being a free member but don't just lurk anybody can lurk but the people that are really making it a difference in the world are the ones that take action we have some programs in there to help you write, publish, and market your book to bestseller. And we want to help you get your message out there into the world. Kathy and I would love to have you as part of our group. We would love to be able to help you, just like we've helped the 400 or so people in the last couple of years, become best-selling authors. We want to share your message with the world, too, because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. Please know that Kathy and I are here to do anything that we can to help you live as a thriving entrepreneur. We want to help you share your message with the world so that you can do your part to making our world a better place. Thank you for being you. Thank you for listening, and until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. 
It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.